Andrew Long for, for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Let's go right to Tel Aviv, Israel, and talk to Robert Sherman. He is the national correspondent with uh, with News Nation, and I really appreciate you, you taking the time. First of all, it's a great it's a great uh, shot via the video from Tel Aviv, which I appreciate. How are you, Robert? Good to meet you. Good to be with you. It's uh, it's been a long day for the people of Israel, as uh, a lot of them have been in and out of bomb shelters all throughout the day, even up here in Tel Aviv which is one of the more, I guess, quote-unquote, safer parts of the country, thanks to the Iron Dome. Um, but it's it, it, one person put it well, uh, every day feels like a new reality in Israel. I would probably amend that to every couple of hours. Feel very different here, as it seems as though there's some development that happens here that ups the ante, that heightens the stakes a bit. And we just keep seeing it here, you know, whether it's more missile strikes coming from Hamas. I mean, now you're starting to see missile strikes coming from uh, Lebanon as well, and the Israeli Air Force has to deal with that. Now we just got word that they've had to deal with missile strikes coming from Syria, individual actors there. It it just feels as though every hour or so the tension is, is rising here, and we're approaching a melting point. It's uh, Robert Sherman. You can follow him on X, Robert Sherman TV. He's in Tel Aviv, Israel, as we speak. C- could you do me a favor and, and do a quick explainer on the Iron Dome? We've all heard about it, and it appears to be an anti-missile defense system, but but it, it's almost as if it's beyond that. What exactly, if you had to explain it, what would you call it? It's a pretty impressive piece of military technology. I would say that it is an auto-targeting uh, anti-missile defense system, uh, which is pretty exceptional the ability to intercept missiles quickly at a moment's notice uh and even at times you know when missiles are fired rapidly it's kind of interesting how it works is that if you're standing here let's just say a missile is fired at tel aviv well the iron dome will use mathematics in order to pinpoint where that missile will be then launches a counter missile to intercept it the sirens blare here people get out of the streets but in most cases, uh, the, the the missile ends up being disabled and destroyed before it makes contact, causing damage. Some get through, the majority do not. Robert Sherman joining us from Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, you got there shortly after the attack happened, about a day later. Uh, and I'm wondering what you're hearing news-wise there compared to what we're hearing here. Originally, it sounded like um, Hamas was firing missiles that may, in fact, have been some sort of a... Uh, um, uh, it, it was a, a diversionary tactic so that these parachute people could come in and kill a bunch of innocents and on on foot, some of these terrorists could come into Israel as well. Is that what you're hearing reported there as well, that the initial missiles weren't really to start some sort of a conflict? They might have been a diversionary tactic. Yeah, this was highly coordinated, the way that all of this played out. The missiles played a big role in it. Like, talk about the Iron Dome, going back to that for a second, you know, firing thousands of missiles all at once, you know, can, you know, typically the Iron Dome does pretty well, but when you have that many missiles come in, from our understanding, it can have an impact on the targeting systems. And then you had, you know, the gliders that were coming in, uh, that were, you know, being effectively shielded by all the missiles. You can see the videos. I mean, uh, Hamas has released videos of how they've done all this, and you see the gliders kind of running parallel to the missiles as they're both coming into Israeli airspace. Uh, and then, you know, as, as you said, diversionary tactic is probably the most appropriate term to use for it. Then you had the ground aspect as well. I, I think the important thing to note here is, is that uh, the, the Israelis have a lot of different emotions on the ground here. One of them is absolute shock that this was all possible, that right. such a coordinated calamitous event could possibly take place. 
the average person here pointing blame at their own intelligence staff saying that they should have seen this coming and been able to prevent this. Uh, the, the other aspect as well is just that pretty unbelievable that there is this level of sophistication and coordination and apparatus in order to pull off such a feat as well. A, a lot of people are still shell-shocked by all of this. I mean, even taking the calamity out of it that this even happened to begin with. You know, I'm glad that you went there. That was literally my next question. It's as if you're reading my mind. From Tel Aviv, Israel, is Robert Sherman. Robert Sherman TV over on X. He's a, a national correspondent for um, for News uh, News Nation. The question has to be, how organized is Hamas? Can they do something like this with a few days' notice? Could Would this have had to be planned for months and months with outside money having to fund it? What, what have you been able to put together since you've been there about how they possibly could have pulled this off with so many, especially the intelligence agencies in Israel and our own intelligence that helps them, not knowing anything about it? And especially when you hear from Israeli forces, I mean, they feel so that they have this figured out here, you know, and of course, I mean, there's no way to formally tie it together. But uh, the Israeli Defense Force uh, refers to Hamas as a puppet and says the puppet master is Iran um, and that and contend and allege that Iran is the one who's been uh, funneling all these resources into Hamas and making all of this possible here. So, I mean, that's that that's the big contention, you know, that. Yeah. Uh, the Israeli forces are making here and stands to reason that there are there are a lot of people in the intelligence community who believe that that is absolutely the case here. Uh, but of course, you know, I mean, it's 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 similar to the Cold War, right? I mean, it's proxy warfare at its yes. finest that Iran can keep their hands clean and say, well, we didn't do anything about this. This was Hamas, you know, but it's 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 a read between the lines kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, we're hearing reports, just scattered reports here in the States, and I'm guessing you're hearing more direct reports there. Is there any truth as far as you've found since you've been there that the Taliban is asking Iran for permission to go through Iran and take part in this now? And now you've said Syria has fired a, a shot or two, not sure who, maybe individual actors, and even some coming from Lebanon. So is the entire region geared up to, hey, let's go get Israel now, or is, am I overblowing it? You're not overblowing it. And that is the big concern here when you talk to Israelis on the ground is, okay, I mean, there's this, the, the average Israeli is of the opinion right now, well, you got to go into Gaza. You, you've, you've got to reestablish deterrence and accountability, and you need to break up Hamas. I mean, I, I think that if you had to pull the Israeli people, you get a pretty overwhelming support time to yes. go into Gaza. That would lead to a retaliation from Hamas, understandably. Um, but who else would you get a retaliation from? Would you get one from Hezbollah? So would you have, would Israel not only be fighting on its southern side, but would you be fighting on its northern side? Would other actors, you know, from around the region be wanting to get involved in all of this as well here? So that's what has people very worried here is, is that if you want to go into Gaza City, that's a tall order as, it, 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 as, as enough. I mean, that's like invading Manhattan. Look at the photos of what Gaza City looks right. like. Right. But then to go into Gaza City and possibly have to front fight a multi-front war with other actors, that's the thing that makes people very worried here. Um, that, that's why there's so much anxiety on the ground is that people don't know what the next few days will bring. Uh, but I mean, the worst case scenario is it, it's not a zero percent chance possibility that we get into a really disastrous situation here. Robert Sherman, he is uh, from News Nation. He's reporting live to us right now from Tel Aviv, Israel, and I really appreciate the time and the access. We're, the numbers that we heard from President Biden today were 14 Americans dead that we know of, doesn't know numbers on hostages. Uh, do you have any updated casualty numbers from there? 
Yeah, I mean, they've, uh, the Israeli Defense Forces put the number of dead in total in Israel at over a thousand now, which is a staggering number. And especially put that into context. Yeah, I mean, a thousand people is a huge number in and of itself. The, yes. the population of Israel is not the population of the United States, for example. I mean, the population of Israel is 10 million, a little bit less than 10 million here. So proportionally speaking, everyone is framing it the same way and trying to hammer the message home to the United States. I mean, this is, the, the people of Israel view this as their 9-11. This is their day of infamy that they're all having to come to grips with here. Uh, so it's, as you can imagine, a, a, a horrific day where people are looking for some kind of answer here. If, if you do the math on it, Richard, and I, I'm willing to be wrong here, I believe it's forty or 50,000 Americans would have to die with our population compared to the per capita population of Israel. It would be a massive attack, almost as many killed in one day as we lost in Vietnam. So, I mean, that's really, uh, to, to put a, a fine point on it, this is a small place with about 9 or 10 million, as you said, and losing a 1,000, many of whom were celebrating the end of a religious holiday. Maybe they were at a dance and enjoying themselves, just targeted. Any, any talk about that? Because again, I don't know what you're calling them. You and I just met, but they're terrorists in my book because they brought terror and they attacked innocents. A lot of the American media is calling them militants, which to me says the Hamas army took on the Israeli army. That's not what happened at all, is it? I mean, they literally went door to door, house to house, killing families. If you know, if if you were to use that term militants, they sure certainly have not abided by standard rules of engagements. Right. I, mean, I, I I give you this piece of color here. Just about every Israeli that I've met on the ground here has a folder on their phone, you know, from WhatsApp, Telegram, or whatever, and it is filled with photos and images of victims of the carnage of the scenes here. And whenever I introduce myself as an American journalist, they pull out that phone, they open up that folder and say, look at this, look at this. Tell me that this is okay. Tell me that this is the act of humankind. I mean, these stories that you see, that you see coming out of here, I mean, of, of the, the mang of mangled bodies is some of, is, isn't even the worst of it. I mean, decapitations, things that have been done to pregnant women, things that have been done to women. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to get into too specific of the details, but if your, right. your viewers are, are welcome to go look it up for themselves, I, I, utterly appalling. Uh, and that is what has so many people in Israel saying, look, enough is enough, enough is enough. I mean, I was sitting in a bomb shelter today and one gentleman said to me, it's like, we, we have not had this in our country in 50 years. And we will never have this again because it is time for all of this to come to an end. That, I mean, that is the sentiment that you're hearing from people. This is the watershed moment in Israel. I can imagine. Uh, it's, that's it. He's in Tel Aviv, Israel. It's uh, Richard Sherman. Go to Richard Sherman TVs with News Nation. Uh, I've got to ask you the reaction that you're getting from people. You say you were in a shelter today, and I'm sure that you've spoken to many, many Israelis since you've been there. What is the reaction when they hear some members of our Congress taking the side of Palestine, what would be Palestine? Uh, people marching in New York, people marching in Sydney, Australia, people marching in London, uh, somehow in support of this heinous attack by Hamas. What, what, what is their response? Because I'm in disbelief, and I'm not in Israel. That's a really good question. And I was actually here in Israel a couple of months ago, and especially when you walk around a city such as Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv is a very transient area. It's you know, a lot of young people, you know, people who you know, are studying, you know, in college there. Right. 
And, you know, when we would ask the questions, you know, from a curious point of view, you know, like, what do you think about the dispute between Palestine and Israel? You would have a lot of people use phrases like, well, it's complicated, you know, well, you know, having some degree of empathy for the situation in Palestine and saying, well, you know, we, we do need to find a solution here. We do need to find a way in order to come to peace with it. I am really not detecting that sense of empathy anymore here. And I think that there are, most Israelis do make that distinction between Palestinians and Hamas. Yes. Uh, but, you know, there's, uh, th there are a thousand, over a thousand Israelis have been butchered in this country over the span of just a couple of days. Um, as, as we said, this country is so small, is that um, every person has been directly impacted by this in some way. People aren't looking for peace talks. People aren't looking for mediation right now. People aren't looking for the opportunity to come to the bargaining table with Hamas. Well, I'm going to stop you there. No, that's, that's a great point because we heard almost immediately that Hamas was saying, hey, we're willing to do a ceasefire and sit down and talk now. How do you do that? Like after 9-11, nobody wanted to sit down with bin Laden. Nobody wanted to, to find peace. We wanted to kill them. We wanted to get the bad guys that did the bad thing. Was Is that report true? Did they really say we'll do a ceasefire and sit down and talk? I actually, I have not seen that, uh, okay. but I can tell you from the Israelis' perspective of all this that that's, there's absolutely no appetite for okay. anything like that. There's absolutely no appetite for talks, nothing for mediation. Uh, they, I mean, you, you see this staging that is happening at the border right now. Hundreds of thousands of reservists have been called up more than has ever been called up in the history of Israel as a country. You have all these tanks and all these soldiers that are moving down to the southern border. You, you don't want to speculate as to what's going to happen, uh, but it, it certainly looks like pe things are gearing up for a, a huge crescendo to take yeah. place here. It's Robert, it's Robert Sherman, uh, Robert Sherman TV over on X. You can uh, watch him on News Nation as well. Uh, one last question, and, and I, I know this doesn't really matter, although inquisitive minds at the end of the day would like to know why. Was it because of the end of a holiday? Was it because of potential peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel? Is there any reason, any rhyme anybody is coming to terms with as to why some, something so horrific would be brought upon the people of Israel? Do we know? No, not really. I mean, it, it just seems as though that if you just look at the pure actions here, I guess I guess the reason is to cause carnage, to cause destruction. These weren't military members that were targeted. These weren't strategic points in Israel that were targeted. Right. The place of the most carnage was a music festival in southern Israel where they found, and now I believe it's now over 260 bodies, wow. many of them kids many of them college age, you know, I mean, just getting out of high school, you know, there to enjoy music. You know, you see, you know, some of these small communities, you know, where the elderly, where pregnant women, you know, where children are just butchered. I mean, the, the, it's, if, if there is a reason, it was to cause as much destruction and damage and loss of life as possible. I mean, that's, that, that's to me, the only explanation you can see. I've seen only a few videos and pictures, and they're horrific. Babies being decapitated, women and children just being slaughtered, entire families just gone off the face of the earth. So there is no real reason. I just wonder what these nutjobs thought their, their righteous reason was. 
and for for members of, of any sort of humanity to get together mm-hmm. and march in the streets supporting this blows my mind. Richard, thanks so much for your insight right there from Tel Aviv. Let's do it again, my friend. Stay safe and let's talk soon, okay? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Really appreciate you. Go follow him, Richard Sherman TV, over on X, and we're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Just so I am clear about it, the reporter's name is Robert Sherman. I think I had football on the mind for a second when I said Richard. It's Robert Sherman TV over on X. Make sure you go and follow him right now. Uh, he's in Tel Aviv, and he's reporting daily, and he's doing a great job. We are really, really glad to have him. We had such a great connection from uh, from Israel as well. We appreciate him coming on. Again, Robert Sherman TV over on X, and he's on uh, News, News Nation. Got to remind you about our great sponsor. It's Eden Pure, the Thunderstorm Air Purifier. A lot of air purifiers are very expensive, $600 plus. A lot of them take up a lot of space on the floor. They've got a cord coming from the wall. This plugs right into the wall, right into the outlet. Any smell is going to vanish after a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. The powerful thunderstorm sends out O3 molecules which seek out and destroy odors. These molecules even go behind and under furniture. Nothing can hide from the thunderstorm. And best of all, no filters to buy over and over again, saving you money. Start enjoying your home again. Get several thunderstorms right now. You could save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the entire home. Get three units for under 200 bucks. Put one anywhere you need it. You're going to have fresh, clean air afterwards. It's going to smell like a thunderstorm has come through and left that fresh, clean air that you, that you got used to after a nice rainfall. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PAGS, P-A-G-S, save 200 bucks. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code is PAGS, P-A-G-S. Shipping is also free. All right, next hour, we've got a couple other stories to get to, but we're going to circle back to Israel. Going to to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. What exactly is Hamas? Why exactly is that the government of the Gaza Strip? Why didn't Gaza go to Egypt back in the 70s? Or Jordan? Why, why, Why did Israel give it up in 2005? What's going to stop this conflict? Was this terrorism or was it militants? A lot of those uh, uh, questions, a lot of those answers for you, too. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. This is The Joe Pags Show.